Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. My name is Elizabeth McNulty, and today I am here with Liz, Amy, Mary, and Megan. We were recently given the opportunity to present at the BAMSL, the Bar Association of Metro St. Louis's Women in the Legal Profession, CLE. And we talked about some of the topics that we've discussed in previous episodes. Specifically, we were talking about setting boundaries and anti-work-life balance. And it came up how to say no and the power of saying no. And, you know, we touched on it briefly during that, but we realized that we really wanted to, you know, delve into it further and kind of explore that topic and how saying no can help us set boundaries and uh, when to say no. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's fitting that I am going to be the one to tee this episode up because this is something that I am absolutely horrible at. I recognize that it's something that I've had a lot of difficulty with it. I've struggled with it. I used to be really bad at it, both personally and professionally. I've gotten better at it in my personal life, but it's certainly not something that I'm very good at in my professional life. To me, saying no has always seemed like a luxury that I just couldn't afford. And I think it's been ingrained in me from a really young age that if you say no once, you're not going to get asked to do it again. So I always say yes, and you know, when thinking about it, you always hear, well, you'll be glad that you did it once you just do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm a yes person. So hopefully today we will learn some strategies on how to say no, when to say no. When I was a law clerk here, one of my first experiences, I was in a room with a few other law clerks, and it was when assignments were just given to you by any of the attorneys in the office, so people would come by and be like, does anyone have time for this? And the other people in my room would always say no, and I was always the person that said yes, and I couldn't believe that there were other law clerks that were saying no to these opportunities to learn, and I think that that is kind of how I got to where I am now. You know, I got offered a job here because I was the person that said yes, and I learned a lot from saying yes. So, you know, when you say yes, you're rewarded, but at what cost? Because there comes a point in time when you can't say yes to everything that's offered to you. So I kind of want to explore how to know when it's okay to say no. Does anyone have any, any thoughts on that? That is the ultimate question, Elizabeth how to know when saying no is actually going to benefit you versus missing an opportunity to shine. I, like you, were raised on this idea that you grab every opportunity that comes your way because if you don't, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss that opportunity. And it's not just an opportunity, but it's an opportunity to shine. I look at every request that comes down the line whether it's to speak somewhere or a potential case, as this opportunity for success. And it's just so ingrained in my nature to be thankful for those opportunities that it's hard to say no. Not only because it feels like a gift that someone's actually asking me for something, but also this idea that I'm letting someone down if I say no. All of that is just kind of psychologically piled into a lot of type A people. So I have struggled, and I joke, anybody that knows me knows that I have a condition. It's called I can't say no. But the the longer I've been doing this, 
the more I really look at those things and I say to myself, good job for not saying no. It was certainly, it took time. It, it may have taken blood, sweat, and tears, but I always try to look at the bright side and say that was a good choice for me. What I've been able to learn about myself is I relish those opportunities and I am thankful for them. But as you say, at what cost? It is very much about time management and about prioritizing. As time has gone on, it's much easier for me to turn down cases than it is to turn down opportunities to present or to write an article or anything like that, which is sort of a weird thing when you think about what makes you, quote, successful in business. First thing you think about is the cases that we have and the results that we get for our clients. I'm very committed to that and always have been. What I've learned is that not all cases that come in the door are going to be good cases. Not to say that people aren't injured or that negligence didn't happen, but I've learned what a good case is. I can turn down cases left and right and do. And part of that is just the analysis of what I've learned over the years as a good case. And part of that is I need time to work on my good cases. So I can put my professional opportunities in one category and I call, I'll call it paraprofessional opportunities in the other one, which would be the requests to speak and to do a podcast and to host a podcast and all these things because I've been able to say, what do I want? What are my goals? And my personal goals are to make good money doing something I really like to do and to have a good reputation and to be known, to be known in the profession. And most of these opportunities I'm talking about allow me to get my name out there. And that's important to me. I, like Elizabeth and Amy and everyone in this room, struggle to say no. And I think that because I am a young attorney, I am eager to say yes because I'm eager to get my hands on all parts of the litigation process. And so I really want to keep gaining these experiences and have the opportunities to get better at things each time I do it. That being said, I do recognize the sentiment of uh, quality over quantity. And if you're doing too many things and it's getting to the point where it's affecting the quality of the work that you are doing, then I think that is the appropriate time to say no or ask for help or reprioritize. I think all of this boils down to where are you in your career as well? The way I look at saying no is it is, first of all, it almost feels like a muscle that needs to be worked. It gets better over time. You become more confident when you do say no. But I don't want to say that it's a right to be earned. Everyone has a right to say no. I think in anything that you do, you sort of have to pay your dues a little bit, especially when you are young. If you want to be successful in this career, you have to be hungry. And so you have to jump at those opportunities. And I remember recently talking to another attorney at another firm, and, and she offered me an opportunity to help with something. And she commented to me about how someone in her firm had been offered a similar opportunity, and they just said, no, you know, no, I'm good, I'm good. And how shocked she was, because if you're being given something early on, you need to jump at it because you need to take as many of those opportunities as you can get because they are chances for you to learn and to grow and to eventually get to the point where you can start turning down 
you know, other offers. But the way that I look at saying no, and, and I'm at a slightly different point in my career, Elizabeth and Megan and Mary, you're a little bit younger than me. And I was very similar to, to what you've described, Megan and Elizabeth as well, about having to say, feeling like you have to say yes to everything. Now that I am a little bit older, I realize that I have more responsibilities. Because I took those opportunities, I have more responsibilities, and it does come down to prioritizing. And I look at it as sort of each of my responsibilities is a plate I got spinning in the air. And at some point, if I take on too many of you know, whatever I'm offered, other plates are going to start to fall. And I can't let that happen. So it does become an analysis you have to do of, well, what is the benefit to me? What is the benefit to the community or to my firm or to or my family, whoever it is that is going to be on the other end of you know whatever you're being asked to do? And ultimately, you just have to make that priority and feel confident once you have made your priorities. It really comes down to three things for me based on listening to the feedback that you all have given. Goals, priorities, and time management. If you have an understanding of what your goals are, what your priorities are, and you're good at time management, which you have to be if you're in probably any profession, you can excel in saying no to things and still be able to reap the benefits of every opportunity you want to seek out. I can give kind of an example of this pretty recently. So I'm in my fourth year of practice. First year of practice, I said yes to absolutely everything that includes legal organizations. It includes volunteering that has nothing to do with the legal profession in organizations in and around St. Louis and also saying yes to everything in my professional life. And then after year one, I picked three that I really enjoyed of that first year, stuck with them the second year. Then the third year, I was asked by some of the organizations to chair a committee or have more of a standing role in the organization that I had given time to in the last two years. And it allowed me to have an opportunity of, okay, well now I'm three years out. I'm able to just get handed, you know, a case in different calibers from start to finish to just roll with it. So I know that that's going to take up a lot more time, but I really want to do that. So I'm probably not going to say yes to all of them that asked me, all the organizations that asked me to have a standing role in the organization, but I'll pick one. And then, you know, in my fourth year, I'm about to go on maternity leave in about a month. Another organization just asked me to be a committee chair on something. And I, and I really like the organization, but I know I'm going to be out and I'm going to have a backlog of work and I'm going to, you know, all the things that come with raising a child that I have no idea what I'm doing with, but we'll figure out. And that's top priority, right? I let the person who approached me know what my year looked like and let them know what time commitments and what priorities are going to come before that position and said, you know, all that being said, if you want to include my name in a group, I'm happy to help out, but I cannot give you the same amount of commitment that I could in the last year. So that's just me getting to a point where I'm able to know what my goals are, know what my priorities are, and and manage my time in a way where I have said no to several things over the last couple of years, but it allows me to say yes to the things that I'm learning I want to give more of my time to. So I feel like if you have an understanding of what your goals are, what your priorities are, and you have to be good at time management, you can excel by saying no because you know when when you do say no, you're opening up the door to a yes 
that you have waited for that you've reserved that time for. And a lot of that comes with practice. I mean, I'm in my fourth year and I still am going to say yes to damn near everything I can say yes to in the scope of my job. I'm still doing that and I like doing that. I'm choosing to do that. I'm not going to turn down an opportunity at this point (laughs) four years out to do anything on a case that I either haven't done before that would be exciting to try and, and someone's encouraging me to do. So that's a choice that I would make, but I know that comes at the expense of saying no to something else, but that all comes down to me knowing what my goals are. I think the perfect example is that several of us here sitting at this recording now were initially not going to be able to do it because we had other hearings in court that we had to go to. And, you know, we essentially said yes to two things at once, the podcast recording and a work commitment. And it just so happened to turn out that, at least in my case, I know our motions were agreed upon, so we dismissed the hearing. So now I could do this. So saying yes to multiple things has a tendency to work out better than we may think. I have a list of things that it might be helpful to ask yourself if you're faced with making a choice, whether to say yes or no. So ask yourself, is this a once in a lifetime opportunity? You may not know that when it comes in the door, but along those same lines, is this something that will come again around the bend? So ask yourself, is this really something that is only gonna happen today? Who's asking? Who is it making the request? Because I can tell you that there are people that ask me to do something, I'm never going to say no. I'm just never going to say no. Because my experience has taught me that saying yes to this person has benefited me. Or I just respect the hell out of this person and I'm going to do the favor they're asking me to do. So who is asking? Can you delegate what you're saying yes to? And Liz and I do this, I think, pretty well. (laughs) And I appreciate Liz and my team because I can say yes to an article because I know Liz is an excellent writer and can help me do that or do that or help me through it or just do it. (laughs) But I'm going to give Liz credit for it. So I feel like if someone asks me to write an article They probably ask me because I've been doing this for a long time. They don't know Liz enough to ask Liz. This is an opportunity for me to write an article, but also for Liz to have the opportunity as well. So ask yourself, is this opportunity something that I can delegate or ask for help with? And that comes down to how much time is it really going to take me to write this article if I'm really going to have Liz write it or help me write it. I don't hesitate to say yes to those types of things because I think it helps all of us. Ask yourself, are you going to enjoy this at all? Or let's say there's someone that calls you often for favors or for requests. If you see that name pop up on your phone, does your heart sing or does your heart sink? Because you know what the request is going to be. So will you enjoy it at all? And if the answer is no, I just don't like you know, writing articles or presenting at panels or handling these types of cases, then I think you're teaching yourself this is not something that is a good opportunity for me right now. Will you meet new people, new business contacts, potentially new referring attorneys? Maybe it's not something that you off the cuff love the idea of doing, but can you see the long game? 
with this opportunity? Can you see it benefiting you at some point? Will it put you on the map in this organization that could lead to something else? Can you connect the dots to reaching your goal? It may not be an obvious, oh, this is gonna be a one-to-one direct link to my goal, but can you connect the dots to your goal? So these are all things you should probably ask yourself before the phone rings, because if you're like me and you pick up the phone and someone asks you for something, by golly, I'm probably going to say yes because I'm on the spot and that's who I am. That's what I do. and That's my reputation. So ask yourself these things before the phone rings and know what makes you happy. Know what will benefit you, even if it's connecting the dots. And can it be something that you can ask for help with? And Megan, you'd said that earlier about asking for help, and that's a big deal. We all can do better at asking for help. If you care about your team, if you care about your resources, the people on your team, the folks that you can ask for help from won't mind. I have a team. I'm a member of a team. I'm a member of several teams in the larger scheme of things. And if it's a team that I feel like that's taken care of me, I'll do whatever that team asks me to do. So you're constantly kind of weighing that as well. I think one of the reasons that I struggle saying no is because there's a guilt associated with it. So how do you deal with that? Practice it. Everybody knows I don't do guilt. In my opinion, (laughs) you just have to practice. It's almost like an experiment to me. I practice saying no and have had backlash for why would you ever say no to this or, you know, you need to say yes to this. It's not something you should say no to. And then there's all the little birds that are telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing. And once you kind of get through that one time, a little bit easier the second time, then the third and fourth time, you don't care what someone else's opinion is going to be about when you're saying no, if you're asking yourself the questions that Amy just laid out, which are incredibly thoughtful and help you as a person and help you get to know yourself and whoever you are working on with a team, whether it's in your professional life team or personal life team at home, you'll learn to be more confident in that. And it's really not that big of a deal because if someone's going to get that upset about it and you know it's something that you got to say no to, then it sounds cold, but why am I going to spend my time thinking about this person's opinion of what's best for me? When I'm the one who's going to either reap the benefits or, you know, whatever the consequence is, that they're my consequences. So I don't care what someone else is going to give me input on if they want to give me problems for saying no. It's a waste of their time. I think as long as you say no politely, thanks but no thanks, there shouldn't be any guilt. Again, this is someone who's asking you for a favor and you shouldn't feel guilty if you've gone through your thought process and determined it just doesn't fit for you. I know it's easy to say you shouldn't feel guilty because we all that's such a personal thing. But the way I always look at it is if I do decide to say no, which doesn't happen very often, but if I do decide to say no, as long as I can satisfy myself that I've done that in a respectful, appreciative way, I do it and move on. I think that you have to take the guilt and like put it in a box and put it on a shelf because if you're just going to feel overwhelming sense of guilt, then just say yes because it's wasted time, right? Like you could spend the time doing the thing or you could just spend the time feeling really guilty. So just do the thing if it's <laughs> right. going to be less time <laughs> or just make the decision and, you know, keep on going with your life. But I think that you have to give yourself permission to be selfish. I think it goes against a lot of things that we're taught, but this is your life. This is your career. You're the one that has to do the thing. So 
you get to be selfish, I think. I am a consummate people pleaser. And I feel guilt about everything. I'm that person, like, I'll wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and think about something that I still feel some sort of guilt or anxiety over. And it is something I'm working on, doing a lot of personal self-reflection, trying to break myself of this trade. I know it's not healthy. But what I have found as I've gotten older and more opportunities have come my way and I've had more chances to say no is that how I sort of deal with my own guilt is I explain to the person why I am saying no. And it's not that I owe that person an explanation. Amy, you're completely right. If someone is asking me for a favor, I can say thanks but no thanks, and that should be a sufficient answer. But for my own personal benefit, I feel better explaining why I cannot take the opportunity that has come my way. And and this happened recently. I I was offered the opportunity to join the board of an organization. I jumped right in. They gave me more opportunities. And then I started noticing more and more responsibilities coming my way. And recently, I had to explain to them, no, I cannot take this additional responsibility on. It's not something that I can do right now, and that's not fair for me, nor is it fair to the organization, because if someone else can take this additional responsibility and do a really good job with it, and they have the time for it, and they have the energy for it, they should be the right person to do it because it is in the best interest of the organization. And that answer seemed to satisfy the people that had come to me. And I've noticed that the boundaries now have been set more clearly. And they understand that when they come to me with something, while I'm going to work hard for the organization and I'm going to do my best for it, I have other priorities that come first. Providing them that explanation, I think, saves the relationship so that we still feel comfortable with each other. And it also sort of calms some of my own internal angst about telling someone no when, when I know I, that's something that I struggle with. It also really freezes them from being upset with you if you're going to put that much explanation to it. Right. In my head, I'm like, no, but thank you so much, but no, and hope you don't have a problem with it. But I need to work on that aspect, Liz, you know, caring a little bit more before I just say no. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit, though, because the story you just told, you explained how you, you turned down an opportunity be- because you're about to be a new mom. Sure. How does anyone fight with that? Your no number one priority is I'm that still trying to, to fight it, though. I'm still trying to fight it. Another fun kind of topic related to saying no that we were talking about before we started recording was FOMO, fear of missing out. That happens a lot when we say no. It's something that comes up in my personal life. As an example, it'll be a Saturday morning and a group of my friends will want to get brunch or something. And I know for my own self-care, being the introvert that I am, I want to say no to that and just go sit by myself in a coffee shop for a couple hours that morning and read a book And so I will do that, but the whole time I'm looking at their Instagrams and having a lot of FOMO. So that's, I guess, what I'll call a side effect of saying no. So I think putting this back into the perspective of professional FOMO, it is sort of that when when you're very early on in your career, you're going to say yes to everything. Anything someone throws at you. Do you want to go argue this motion? Do you want to take this deposition? Do you want to try this case? Yes, yes, give me everything, yes. Um, absolutely, you, you should jump at those those chances because they are learning opportunities. But at the same time, as you start to put in the hours and as you start to put in the years, what I have picked up on, and I am at a, an interesting point in my career, I'm six years out from law school, and in conversations 
with some of my colleagues, I'm noticing that their inability to say no, or maybe the fact that they, they don't have the opportunity to say no, they're just getting dumped on, is causing some burnout. I've had some friends talk about how they're at the point where they want to leave the profession completely. They don't want to be lawyers anymore. And I have to consciously think about balancing FOMO and missing out on opportunities versus burning myself out. And this profession, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So if you need to take the time to recollect and re-energize yourself, you got to take that time. Otherwise, you are risking just crashing into that wall where, where you don't want to do anything. And Megan, I, I completely understand where you're coming from with the personal life too, because now with us being vaccinated and things starting to open up, we're, I'm constantly bombarded with opportunities to see people. And I'm tired. Yeah. Like I just, I was so excited to see people in the first couple of weekends I was out there, but now I'm like, can I just have my Friday? Yeah. Just Go my back Friday into your night? shell. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't yeah. it Was nice it really to sit at home? Bad? Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe we could shelter at home just a little bit longer. <laughs> I do think too, Liz, do you remember when I I had just gotten licensed, you were a couple years out, and we were talking and we didn't know whether or not there were any vacation days at our <laughs> office. Mary Simon, my dad's John Simon, and I had no idea if our firm allowed any vacation days or long weekends. And Liz and I are talking so it's a new lawyer talking with, I don't know, a second year attorney. And we're talking about how we're not really sure if we're allowed to leave at <laughs> an earlier time or have a long weekend or something. And, you know, we cleared that up with the more experienced attorneys in the office, which is you just make your own time and your own schedule and you just do it. And so, Amy, you had taught us to just get something on the calendar to have some time off. And that also helps you with time management. And in turn, you know, you might have a vacation set a year from now or eight months from now, but that helps you as you're going along, even though you're going to say yes to everything, you've at least reserved that time for yourself. You already know that if anything comes up, that's going to interfere with that blocked off time, whether it's an afternoon or a long weekend or your summer vacation that you take with your family or what have you, that really easily allows you to say no in a professional capacity. I can't speak for other firms, so I don't know what the requirements are for notice or, or something like that for days off. But when you were talking about burnout, you know, everybody who just starts at a new job, I'm assuming, just wants to put their head down and do as much work as they can to prove themselves. And you were two years, I think, at that point. And hadn't even considered, like... That was my fault, <laughs> Sure. It's, but it's not that anyone was like, you best not take any vacation days. <laughs> of course. You better be here. It was completely in my head of like, I got to prove myself. I got to prove myself. Exactly. I got to pay my dues. The law is one of the unique fields where it's not so defined of those hours that you say. You're not working at a job with a schedule. So it's especially important in the law, in the legal field, to set those boundaries. Right, because I feel like a, a lot of us, at least at least I feel this way, like an on-call doctor that like the phone rings, I got to answer it. It doesn't really matter where, if I'm on vacation, I got to answer it. Circle back to our episode on boundaries. I'm working on that as well. But I think that this kind of also goes back to having mentors or people in your life that you can have these conversations that almost give you the permission to say no. I'm a person that kind of needs that. I need to bounce this off you know am I being unreasonable to say no to this and just having someone being like yeah no you can say no really helps me 
Another strategy for saying no for people, at least one that is kind of like a baby step saying no, is to just set expectations. And I think Megan touched on this the last time we talked about this, but just kind of being like, I can do that. It might need to be a different day or I only have X amount of time. I think that kind of helps with eventually leading up to just giving the flat out no. Yeah, I think I mentioned at the BAMSL panel that we were doing, one of the good ways to say no, I guess, for me and feel better about it is offering an alternative suggestion. No, I can't do this right now. I can do this tomorrow. Or no, I can't. I'm not the right person to do this, but here's someone else that you should reach out to. I've kind of written down excuses, but they're not really excuses, but they're really good reasons to say no. So in our world, it's trial, right? Like I got trial that week and I'm sometimes so happy to be able to say, oh, I got a trial on the calendar that week. I can't do that because you don't feel guilty about that because your priorities say trial is priority, period. The other one, Mary, baby. Baby, <laughs> maternity leave. I know. Okay? I know. And Liz, you're right. Marathon, not a sprint. There's going to be a time, it may not feel like it right now, that you're going to barely remember your maternity leave. Okay, speaking from experience. Of course. It probably mostly because you're sleep deprived and it's all a blur anyway. But what I want to say to you, and I said to Erica, is this is the only time that you have this with this baby. If you want more, that's great. But no one should make you feel guilty about being on maternity leave or making choices about how long your maternity leave is going to be. And also, when you get back from maternity leave, you need to know what your boundaries are. One of the best things that happened to me, I had my first child six months after moving to this firm. And this firm didn't know what my work habits were at my first firm, which were extreme because I was in my first years of practice and I had the time to do it and I was motivated and I loved it and blah, blah, blah. I took the opportunity when I moved firms and had a baby to set my priorities, set my time. I left every day at five o'clock to go pick up my child, period. And when you set those expectations and you stick to them, people respect them. So think about what that looks like for you and don't feel badly about it. So other excuses, Liz, our vacation, you're starting one today. You need to leave in five minutes and you are leaving in five minutes on this vacation because that is what you're doing right now. You could say, oh no, no, I've got 15 more minutes. I could push it, no. No, vacations are sacred and they should be and you have to stick to them. So take care of yourself and don't feel badly about setting vacations, about having a baby, about maternity leave, about setting expectations when you get back from the maternity leave. And you don't even have to have a baby to set expectations about how many hours you're going to work. I really do think it's gotten easier with COVID because, you know, this FaceTime in the office is over. And I started out in a world where you went to work every single day, and if you weren't at work, you weren't working. And that was never the case. Well, most of the time wasn't the case, but that was the perception. That's over with remote work, and we all need to embrace that as well. So it can be done. You can say no. You can trust yourself for the reasons you, can say, you say no. And we all just have to know ourselves enough and ask the right questions to be able to say no and to just stick by it.
The one thing that I do want to add, because I can imagine right now we're all sitting here nodding our heads, agreeing with you, because I think that our firm has worked really hard to create a culture where that is the attitude, and it should be. And that is how companies should approach their employees and, and trust that their employees are you know, getting the work done and also giving their employees the grace to you know, say no to take time off and and to recharge and relax. I can imagine, though, that there are some people listening right now that are like, well, that's great at the Simon Law Firm, (laughs) but here at XYZ LLC, that's not the attitude. Are you pointing out my privilege? You're pointing out my privilege. It's our our privilege. (laughs) It it is. I mean, it truly is a a privilege to be able to have that attitude. I realize how lucky I am. And, And believe me, I have colleagues who remind me how lucky I am. But... Again, I'm at that point where I've got friends from law school who are ready to get out because they can't stand the corporate environment that they are in. And my thought to that is if, if you can't change it, if it's such a beast of a, of a company that you can't change it and, and they're not letting you say no, they're not even giving you the opportunity to say no, and, and you're starting to get sort of dogpiled, maybe... It's a situation of, you know, when to jump ship. And and I know we've had other podcasts about burnout and and changing careers and all of that. But I also, I just wanted to to comment that everything we've talked about, it shouldn't be a privilege. It should be how we approach things. That's how we keep people in this profession and make sure that people do have happy, you know, 40, 50-year careers. But being able to say no is something that we need to work on. And if you are not being given the option to say no, then then maybe that is your sign that, that you need to get out just, just for your own mental health and your own well-being. But take a swing on the way out, if that's going to be the case. Take your swing. If you're on the way out and it's because of the environment that that company has created to you, I mean, I know it's not without peril, but take your swing and make sure they know why you're leaving. We can't expect change to happen without without our assistance. It's just, I can't expect anybody to do anything for me unless I ask for it or demand it or at least make it known what I want. It's good advice. Can I go on vacation now? Yeah. Hit the road! (laughs) Okay, well, this has been wonderful. I have definitely learned so much this episode. I'm going to try to take my own advice and not be afraid to say no sometime in the the future. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us. I hope you've learned something as well. As always, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, feel free to drop us a note at comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law. We drop new episodes every Wednesday, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and subscribe today 